the fees are going up and costs, all the input costs, land costs, materials, labor, development fees, all that mm-hmm. stuff, it's all going up. So yeah. the cost to build anything is super low. And if there's no demand for it, no appetite for it, those projects aren't gonna get launched. Yeah. And they're not gonna get sold. That means there's no supply. Yeah. Look, I get it. The Toronto real estate market is confusing. Whether you're a new or experienced investor or just looking for a home to raise your family in, join us at Broadview Table Talks as you sit around the table with my friends, talk about the real estate and the ever-changing market in Toronto. All right, guys, welcome to another edition of Broadview Table Talks. We're going to talk about today something pretty exciting. Well, not really exciting. It's the Bank of Canada raised their interest rates, as you may know. So I'm here joined with Michael Ng on the team. Uh, and I really want to know what you're seeing out in the market and where do you think the opportunities are right now with uh, rising interest rates? Well, uh, you know, over the past uh, year, it's been interesting. A lot of clients have been concerned about how the rising interest rates have affected their affordability, and we've naturally seen a couple get cold feet. Um, For the most part, it's imperative to understand that the clients that we work with tend to have a need to move, Um, for the most part, because it was the summer. There are a lot of families that needed to find a place before their kids start school, or they really wanted to get their foot in the door in a neighborhood where they can actually grow. Um, so that was a major factor pushing our uh, buyers in. Um, and that was, um, you know, interest rates aside, they were aware of what the risks were and uh, what was about to happen to them. So it was a race against the clock. For sure. And I think it's not so much that they're, they're trying to look for a better space for themselves. It's more so that they need to because life doesn't stop, right? Yep. You're at a certain age, you want to have kids, you want to grow, you yep. want to you know, have an expanded family and you only have so much time before you can have kids because you know, there's a physical limit there. Yep. So you have kids. Yeah. And whether it's a recession or not, you're still going to have kids and they're yep. still going to grow. And they still need to go to school. Yeah. And you still have to go to work. They're not like little turtles where you can't contain them as you know, right? They kind of grow as, as you grow, yeah, yeah, as yeah. your family grows. So yeah. Time doesn't stop at the yeah, end of the day. It doesn't. And, um, you know, with everybody that left the city during the pandemic, mm-hmm. now they're finding that the commute times, you know, I don't know if you know, a lot of people have to go back to the office or not, if you're mm-hmm. finding that. But I find that, you know, if they need to come back to the city, that that commute is just going to kill them. So yeah. here we are. Everyone's trying to look for, I for mean, a place. Even in the city, it's a palpable difference since uh, companies started asking people to start coming back in and working two or three days a week. Um, we were noticing traffic. I mean, yesterday it just took us, what, an hour to get from oh my uh, goodness. King West all the traffic way up to One Floor East. Horrible. It was bad. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing in the city that we got to fix somehow, traffic. It's just, you know, at the end of the day, uh, people come to the city because they're like employment zones. Yep. You know, all the jobs are here and they want to, they're only here for the work, for the jobs. Otherwise, they'd be in, you know, um, bigger land and bigger greener areas where it's not so condensed right oh, yeah for sure like it's great to be in the city with good food and good entertainment and all that but ultimately it's here because the jobs are here yeah at the end of the day yeah so if you look at it as a big giant employment zone and toronto's a hub of that mm-hmm. the center of canada i would say yeah people have to come back to the office they have to and, and we're planning on growing the uh, the actual number of jobs that we have in toronto well yeah because immigration right like yeah. we need to uh, keep up with our, our gdp to make sure that it stays afloat and that this whole pyramid scheme mm-hmm. of supporting the bottom with productive individuals support the old, older older people up top yeah we just need to funnel that with more and more people and we're not able to do that unless we have immigration at the end of the day yeah so of course these people have no need to have somewhere to live yes and um and obviously somewhere to work so commercial real estate as well too yeah and i find that 
you know, the downtown condos, because we just did the study, right, for um, the CO1 and CO8 districts, mm-hmm. it's actually gone up by 3.6% year over year mm-hmm. for, um, you know, August, this August to last August yeah. in terms of the uh, average price. Yeah, yeah. Whereas detached homes have gone down by minus 3.1% in Toronto. Yeah. So that tells me that people are either thinking, you know, Investing in a downtown Toronto condo is a great idea because people are going to have to rent there. Yeah. And we've seen what happened with the rental market over the past summer. Yeah. It just exploded. Completely, completely nuts out there. And still nuts, like right? Like four applications per uh, per listing that comes out. And it's not lasting beyond three or four days on market. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Things are moving really fast. So it's either investors buying up these condos downtown or it's actually people you know, living there because it's closer to work, right? As well, a secondary space. And that's that's the other part. It feels like a lot of people got pushed out of the freehold market and into the condo market because suddenly affordability. became all, Exactly. Affordability. Everyone got squeezed downwards. Okay, so let's go back to that question. Where are the opportunities right now in mm-hmm. Toronto's real estate market? So we covered uh, one major one, and that's uh, people who have kids and families and time doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, because time doesn't stop, there are also the unfortunate cases where there's either, you know, death or divorce. That's a major, uh, major thing that does happen, especially uh, during the pandemic. A lot of people got trapped with their spouses, and we did see divorce rates climb. Okay, well, well, so growing families is an upsize move, right? Yeah. And death and divorce are downsize moves downsize generally, moves, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, you know, those I think aren't really opportunities. Like those, those are just life circumstances that just happen. Yeah. And if you're in that unfortunate situation, I wouldn't say it's an opportunity. I would say that's probably a worse time to have that to happen, obviously. For sellers. Right. For, yeah. Right. For buyers, that's you know, inventory coming back to the market because we do see um, lowest inventory, a, a significantly lesser amount of inventory year over year. True. Yeah, I don't know what the death and divorce rates are, if they've gone up or gone down or if they even correlate to the real estate market. Yeah. But I think that, yeah, you're right. Um, if you're in that position, there are potential more sellers out there. So, yeah. uh, I mean, if you're buying some uh, a property from someone like that. Yeah. You know, I would say on the buying side, though, if your family's expanding, it's probably the best time to do it right now. Like, even though your affordability may be capped from you know the big five banks with the stress tests going up and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, and and uh, interest rates going up, the carrying costs going up, if you can afford a good budget, you have enough down payment, and you're not borrowing as much, you're mm-hmm. not borrowing the typical you know eighty five, ninety percent, or whatever it is that you need to borrow to get your mortgage. If you have a lot of cash and you only have like a sixty percent mortgage, seventy percent mortgage, mm-hmm. there's a good opportunity to get a good deal out there. I think. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we covered this in another podcast. It's a similar story with a family who had enough cash for a sizable down payment and they found a fixer-upper. That way they kind of get their foot in the door in a good neighborhood and they get to put their own personal touch and it was a great deal. Some people don't want fixer-uppers though, but yes. You're yeah, right. depending you're on right. the family. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. So I think there's an opportunity right now if you're upsizing as a family to buy into a you know freehold if you traditionally weren't able to get that before. Mm-hmm. Problem is some condo, some sellers have to sell their condos, right, to yeah. buy those freeholds, and some of the condos aren't moving as much. Like, you know, there's been a thirty six percent drop in sales yeah. in the overall GTA market for sure. So um, at the end of the day, I think the condo market's actually gone up in sales year over year. If I'm not mistaken, I got to double check those numbers. Yeah, but it depends on the neighborhood, right? Like downtown condos, I feel like have been relatively sheltered. Mm-hmm. Um, further areas aren't as sheltered. I think Richmond Hill and Markham took the biggest hit as far as oh, condos yeah, go. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. Of course, because, again, everyone's just leaving the exodus. Just like before, it was the urban exodus. Now it's kind of the suburban exodus, I find. Yeah. So if you're upsizing, I think the opportunity would lie in, um, you know, just selling your condo maybe a little bit lower than you would expect, mm-hmm. but also buying, making that jump 
into a, a lower market, right? Which is nice. That, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? So you're kind of like selling low, buy low, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is a nice opportunity. What else are we seeing? Investor market. Investor market's been a great one too. So we just oh, had yeah. a number of clients that helped out, uh, that we've helped out where they were able to buy either a one plus 10, a two bedroom, mm-hmm. three bedroom even. Yeah. And you're able to just turn around and lease it right away. Yeah. Within like a, maybe a month vacancy at most. For sure. And startup costs. So yeah, huge pool of applicants and tenants right now. Especially because we uh, we also saw a lot of students come back to the city. Now that things are a little bit more open and everyone's happily sort of getting their uh, their university and college applications through. So tons of students throughout Toronto. Mm, my gosh, the uh, frost week has been crazy in the first day of school for universities. Yeah. It's just like students crawling all over the city. Yeah, I feel like they're still doing frost right now. And I it, think they're supposed to be in class already. So jealous of them. I want to go back to those days. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, like as, as an investor, as a condo investor, I think it's been uh, wonderful. So... For example, we just—I just think of somebody that just bought their place for six twenty-five, six hundred twenty-five thousand, mm-hmm. and we ended up leasing it out for twenty-five hundred. Yeah, and they're doing their estimations based on their down payment and their carrying costs and all that at twenty-two hundred. So yeah. they're basically up another three hundred bucks, which is pretty cool month over month. Yeah, so definitely cash flow positive for sure for them for their down payment. And then I have some other clients um, that are looking for a larger. We actually no, we did help them a two bedroom, and same thing. We're just putting on the market right now mm-hmm. four thousand dollars a month for rent when. The last one went for 39, 30, and before that was like 36. Yeah. We just listed it today and we'll see what happens with the activity. Mm-hmm. But I have a pretty good feeling for that one. I think that'll probably lease up pretty quickly too. Yeah. There's no, uh, there's no shortage of applicants right now. I mean, on the, on the application side, working with renters, of course, it's been tough. Um, and we've submitted a lot of applications. But I mean, this is a sign of a healthy market when there's competition. The only problem is could be balanced out with slightly more supply if there are more listings available. For lease? Uh, for leases. Yeah. I don't see much that much. I don't see that happening, right? Like, no. And they were still soon. undersupplied in terms of, you know, 430,000 immigrants coming to Canada. Yeah. Which probably half of them come to Ontario and like a third of that, like 100,000 at least or yeah. more will come to Toronto. Yeah. Probably. And, and the fact that, you know, this is all compounded by the fact that it's more expensive to actually acquire property and to develop property as well. To build them, yes, because all them. the fees are going up and costs, all the input costs, land costs, materials, labor, development fees, all that mm-hmm. stuff, it's all going up. So yeah. the cost to build anything is super low. And if there's no demand for it, no appetite for it, those projects aren't going to get launched yeah. and they're not going to get sold. And that means there's no supply. Yeah. Right, and inclusionary zoning, don't forget about that. Yeah. Anyway. That's um, a big one. Yeah, so, so there's opportunities for buyers, for upsizers. Yeah. Opportunities for investors, condo investors, I guess. Yeah. Commercial as well. We've had some commercial client walk in. Yeah. Today. Some uh, some people who are eager to get into the market in growing areas in Toronto. He was looking specifically around our office. Yeah. Which I would consider growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot of equity that's been built up into Toronto over the past two decades. Mm-hmm. And for those people that bought 20 years ago, about commercial units to say, and their mortgages are paid off to zero, mm-hmm. right, or very little, they're in the opportunity to offer what's called a vendor take back, a VTB mortgage, or seller financing. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. they don't need the buyer to come up with the full amount of cash up, up front. Yeah. The current seller can also be the mortgage holder, or like a second mortgage or primary mortgage holder, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And uh, the borrower is going to be paying them a monthly fee, an interest rate, yeah. right, whatever interest rate they negotiate on, to borrow the place, right, to, yeah. to buy the place. And they still owe on title. They owe that amount that they agreed to. Mm-hmm. But at least it makes financing a lot easier. Yeah. It was strange. Um, you know, I've only been in this industry for seven years. 
but uh, I literally saw my first VTB uh, offer on uh, in this area. No way. Yeah. Okay. For one of your listings, or no, a for a commercial for uh, for a commercial listing that I uh, was thinking about sending to a buyer. Nice. It literally said VTB. I was like, whoa. Well, yeah, I, thought as, I would never see that. You know, as interest rates get higher, like the the qualification to borrow because of stress tests and all that for residential mortgages also gets higher as well mm-hmm. too, right? Um, so financing gets tighter, and with commercial financing, I think the available capital, the appetite for lending, becomes lower because the appraisal values are dropping. So mm-hmm. if you lend at a certain amount and the appraisal value drops, then your asset is no longer secured anymore as a lender. Right. So their appetite to lend out is is a lot lower. Yeah which means things like seller financing or VTBs are pretty attractive to any buyer out there yeah. because it helps them with financing, right? For sure. So I, I think there's a lot of that case where, you know, the people that bought 20 years gold are, are getting a little old and just they don't want to manage properties and there's time to sell it all, right? Yeah. There's a lot of headaches, a lot of problems. And uh, it's, you know, there's always buyers and sellers. Yeah. And I think that's a great opportunity as well too. Yeah. And right now it feels like there's a big turnover for um, people who are looking to get rid of their properties because they're getting a little bit older and they've built up enough equity. Or maybe we just notice it. Like I, I, I think I just noticed it. I don't know. Maybe it's always been around, but uh, yeah. it feels it feels tangible this year. I, you know what? It's probably because the values went up so high, and yeah. it's so volatile that like, it's kind of like high, then low, and high. And, like you know what I mean? But yeah. because the, the the rates have appreciated so much, Toronto's appreciated so much that hey, maybe now it's time to take some chips off the table, right? So that's yeah. probably the case of why you were noticing a few more uh, sellers out there yeah. of old properties. So that's a good um, opportunity. What other opportunities are you seeing? Uh, there are the, well, I mean, there are the downsizers, classic. Um, the classic downsizers, like the people who are retiring or their kids are moving out. Um, we still see a lot of those. Well, I find that the luxury sellers don't really have to negotiate that much, right? Because they're the ones that, well, I mean, I shouldn't generalize, but a lot of times they have, high, well, obviously they have higher net worth, mm-hmm. but they're able to absorb more, uh, I guess, recession-proof, I guess they are, right? They're they more are, recession-proof. Yeah. So they kind of stick to their price at a certain height and they don't really drop according to the market. No, they don't. Find. Yeah. But in certain situations, some of them are a little bit more reasonable and they can time or they can sort of gauge what the market's doing. And some of them just don't want to deal with the amount of space that they have now. Right. So we do see some of them actually selling properties at what we expect in the market or slightly under list. Okay. So if you're a seller of a luxury property, for example, mm-hmm. of a very unique property, I think it's an opportunity for them as well too because no one else is selling right now because there's yep. less people that are willing to take a hit, I guess you could say, oh, right? for sure. of where the prices have dropped to. So they're going to come out at a certain price, mm-hmm. maybe stick those price, and then you'll be the only one in the market. Mm-hmm. And maybe you might get the buyer that comes along and buys it. Yeah, because there's always someone who's willing to you know, snipe something. It just takes one buyer, right? It just takes one buyer. So that's another opportunity. If you have a unique property or a luxury property, maybe put it on the market, see what happens. If it sells... Then you take that money and you buy low as well. So you buy a few properties, investment properties, and your own smaller downsizing properties sure. as well too. That's another opportunity. Like I think that no matter which angle you look at real estate, there is an opportunity. Oh, for sure. Unless you're a tenant. Like tenants are getting the shaft right now. Yeah, they are, to be unfortunately. Honest, um, because the cost of borrowing is so much higher that everybody's kind of jumped the ship and moved to renting as, a, as opposed to owning, no. which is a big problem. And plus, you know, fueled by immigration and all that kind of stuff. So the demand is truly there for housing. It's just yeah. that... It just sucks if you're a tenant right now. Yeah, in today's market. Yeah, it's a it's a catch twenty two, right? You're uh, paying more than ever for rent, but at the same time, you're expected to save for a down payment that needs to grow in size well, to cover a mortgage that's also growing. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, like, look, that's that's kind of what. 
the basis of inflation is, right? Like yeah. housing costs is part of a, a basket of goods. Absolutely. And rental's like 6% or something like that. But like housing altogether is like 30%. Mm-hmm. So if rents go up, that's what causes inflation to begin with. For sure. So um, it's going to be a fact of life. If you're a renter, like it will continue to rise always just because money gets deflated. Mm-hmm. The currency gets debased a little bit. And um, ultimately, carrying costs go up and interest rates go up and everything. So, and purchase prices continue to climb. So it's going to cost more to rent for sure over the yeah. long run, you know, but I don't think all hope is lost. But anyway, they're the ones, no. they're, it's not an opportune market for them, like compared to at the beginning of the pandemic, it's kind of like the tables have turned a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Right. So yeah. we're also receiving opportunities. So we saw upsizers, we see um, investors, mm-hmm. right. We see potential downsizers. If you're in a unique property or something really special yeah. or really something really high end, I guess. What else are we seeing? Good question. <laughs> I mean, um, there's a lot of different scenarios out there. I guess, yeah, uh, relocation maybe. I don't know if you have to. Oh, that's a really good one. Relocation. How many clients have we helped this year who are relocating from somewhere? Back to Toronto. Though. Back to Toronto. I don't know if that's an opportunity. I think it's just more of a need in their life. You know, I It's think- also an opportunity for them because I think I, I, a lot of our clients coming through had new opportunities in Toronto, mm. like new jobs you know, uh, positions where they're being grown into or groomed for, um, you know, places that wanted them to come here to start a new division. We've, we've had quite a few of those. Well, that's, that's a good thing about a large city and a big economy. Like you can't find these specialized jobs in the middle of nowhere, you know what yeah. I mean? Like in the small little countries, countryside somewhere, like you're not going to be able to support like a specialty, whatever, IT dessert team. store. What's that? A specialty IT team or, or something. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like even like new industries get created out yeah. of like just, new stuff that just people all of a sudden find a need for, I don't know, find something really obscure. Like, I don't know, whatever. Like, like a tech startup. Or just even like something more <laughs> physical that we need, like, you know, camera repair shop, for example. Yeah. Like it's like, those don't really exist in small towns as, no. as much. Like, I don't know about cameras, this is more, more like general, but like, you know what I mean? There's very special things, right? And I think yeah. as we have more and more people in this area, in this locale, mm-hmm. new industries get created, like social media, Content creators mm-hmm. that was never existing. That never existed. Oh, in no. my t- day, like someone then. having a job title as like a TikTok influ- or Instagram influencer. Yeah, that's or a, a dream job for some people. That yeah. never existed. Yeah, yeah. I was there before the internet. Well, we're way, showing so. our age. Yeah, <laughs> but like, so I think as technology increase. I mean, sorry, not technology. As populations grow, new yeah. industries get created. Yeah, out of nowhere, Uber wasn't around before. Amazon wasn't around before. Remember the days before Amazon? Dark days. Those are dark. Like I was like, dark I had to days. stock up on obscure things that I needed. Just so like I'll never go to that small little Japanese shop or whatever it is. Yeah, that's you so actually so use your use your cold storage room to stock up on toilet paper and and cleaning supplies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, all that to say is that I think there's going to be more and more jobs in Toronto, and yeah. I think the uh, overall general GDP per capita continues to go up. I yeah. think the productivity per person in um, you know, in other words, that equates to a better living of standard, yeah. better standard of living. We're, for we're generating us. more wealth as a yeah, country over the years. Yeah. So I think that's a good thing. It's just that you got to get on the right side of the train yeah. and take advantage of the opportunities and that, that this market provides. Yeah. I think uh, if you're looking to make a move, it probably is could be an upside for you. Yeah. Just got to look at which angle you're going to take. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense to time the market. Well, you can't. Yeah. No one. <coughs> excuse me. No one knows. Where the market's gonna go? Yeah, no one has a crystal ball. No one can predict. Because you know what, though, I think at the end of the day, um, all the different factors, all the different levers in what determines what the market does, mm. 
there's so many different influences, so many different variables. Oh yeah, that you can't just pick on one. No one thing in isolation, just interest rates alone. Yeah, that's not going to change the price. Yeah. like you know, prices are interest rates are at all time high. They went like super quick. Yeah, but yet prices are still up year over year. How does that make sense? Yeah, you know what I mean. So I think that sure, overall, maybe some pockets have come down, mm-hmm. but in the entire GTA, it's gone up by point three percent or something. Point three percent. Yeah, yeah it, wasn't, it wasn't a full percent. Yeah, percent Something yeah, But still, it's not down 20%, like some people are saying. But it's just month over month. I mean, year over year uh, mm-hmm. stats, right? Um, so it, it's just that no one factor in isolation is the one that determines what the market's going to do. It's all, everything all combined together in all yeah. different ways. Yeah, like we have to go past the headlines and actually look into detail what we're doing or what we're seeing because those opportunities are there. Maybe not in the uh, neighborhood that grew 1%. Maybe in the neighborhood that dropped 20%. Sure. Sure, totally. Okay, well, um, hopefully you got some value out of that and hopefully you learned how to take advantage of today's opportunity. There's different angles, again, for different situations that you might be in. Uh, As always, you can always reach out to us if you have any questions or reach out to your favorite realtor and they can be able to help you out with your situation. It's not all doom and gloom. There you go. Ignore the headlines. Thanks for watching. Add it up.